Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Double Trouble. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. On November 6, 1996, the Irvine Police Department got a call from 911 dispatch relaying that, at 3.20 p.m., a distressed young woman living in the San Marco apartment homes had needed help. The police were changing shifts, and they were surprised. It was the afternoon in a quiet community only half a mile from the station. 911 said the call was urgent. Two people had broken into the young woman's apartment. Both had guns. The assailants found the woman's roommate and tied her up with duct tape and plastic twine. The caller was hiding in the bathroom. They hadn't found her yet, and she feared for her life. Today, we're talking about the relationship of identical twins turned criminal, the Han twins murder conspiracy. Irvine is in Orange County and has a kind of sinister, master-planned rooting to begin with. In 1878, James Irvine bought up and owned the over 100,000-acre stretch along the Pacific Ocean to the Santa Ana River. When Irvine died, his son James Irvine Jr. took over and really branded up the place, making everything a part of the Irvine Company, which it still reflects today, with names, signs, and the Irvine Company logo all over town. This conservative safe haven, and I do mean safe, crime is insanely low compared to the other Southern California cities, has malls, office parks, University of Irvine, and something I learned during my tutoring days, a large community of first- and second-generation Asian immigrants who formed a close-knit circle in an even closer-knit city. As kids, Sunny Han and her identical twin sister Jean Gina Han were inseparable as they traveled from Korea to Southern California with their mother, a woman named Boo Jun Kim. Kim was born and raised in Incheon, South Korea, and struggled a lot in her own life. As a child, she witnessed the occupation of North Korean troops in Incheon. Her father also left her mother and five siblings to start a life with a younger woman. As Kim's own marriage fell apart, the separated couple each took a twin. Gina lived with their father, Yoon Ho, while Sunny lived with their mother, Boo Jun Kim. Neither twin knew the existence of one another. At age three, Kim feared for her young daughters, so she reunited Gina and Sunny and moved with them from South Korea to Southern California, where she went from job to job, relationship to relationship. Kim also started gambling, which spiraled into an addiction that would span her whole life. Kim struggled with the stigma of addiction and mental health issues, so she kept it quiet and didn't seek help. 
But soon things got worse. Kim found work as a bar hostess, so she'd spend more and more days at the casino and nights at work. After a while, Sonny and Gina were placed in a group home and went in and out of group homes as the twins' attempt to live with their mom always failed. The girls would later report that when they were with their mother, things often turned abusive. Quote, growing up, Sonny was all I had, Gina said in a later interview. Sonny was spared from Kim's anger because, quote, she knew how to comfort my mom. Older by a couple minutes, Sonny was favored. She was a bit warmer and more personable, while Gina was thought of as the serious twin. They were eventually sent to live with their aunt and uncle in Campo, California, on the border of California and Mexico, where they attended Mountain Empire High School. Teachers couldn't tell them apart, so Gina cut her hair short, with bangs, and Sonny wore her hair long. The two were both very intelligent, challenging each other to do better academically. Outwardly, the two always seemed to have each other's back, but in private, the two argued viciously, the competitiveness, stress, and family trauma getting to both of them. As the teenage sisters aged, the private fights got more and more violent in nature. When the two were 15, one fight had ended with Sonny stabbing Gina in the left thigh. Like their mother, both struggled with their mental health, but both also committed to the perception of normalcy, or even perfection. To their friends and peers, Gina and Sonny really embodied the American dream. Smart, attractive women who had immigrated to America, overcome a rough and inconsistent home life, and were working hard towards a bright future. They did so well academically that when they graduated, Gina and Sonny were co-Valley Victorians of Mountain Empire High School. But again, it was a great triumph to the outside world and didn't really reflect what was happening psychologically and emotionally with the sisters. Jean Buckman, a family friend, saw similar problems with balance in both twins. Quote, they didn't know the difference between wants and needs because half the time they didn't have what they needed. So their wants got out of control. After high school, the experiences of the two women changed dramatically. Sonny received a full scholarship to the University of Laverne and accepted it. Gina, on the other hand, didn't feel ready to make a commitment to a four-year university. Instead, to find clarity and have a plan before making the next step academically, Gina enlisted in the Air Force and began basic training at Lackland Air Force Base in Texas. Gina almost immediately regretted her choice. One month in, she resented the structured, strict environment of the Air Force and hated the isolation of a friend and familyless life in Texas. Still, Gina was contractually committed to two years in the Air Force. Though failure wasn't an option, Gina was panicked. She felt trapped and knew she had to get out. A smart, resourceful woman in the era of Clinton's Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Gina made up a lie to her commanding officers, telling them that she was a lesbian. In her mind, admitting to this sexual orientation would mean she would likely get a general discharge and she could go home. But her plan backfired. The Air Force essentially called bullshit and Gina panicked, going to one of the only stable adult figures in her life, a woman named Charlene Mitchell. She had been their neighbor and the food service director at the Twins High School. Quote, they're going to put me in jail, Gina told Mitchell, who calmed her down and called Gina's commander herself. After a brief talk, Gina's commander discharged her without any consequences. Mitchell later told the Los Angeles Times that the twins, quote, seemed to lack plain practical sense. They didn't seem to know how to cope with things. Meanwhile, Gina felt like a complete and utter failure compared to Sonny. 
Sonny was at college at the University of Laverne, seemingly living it up. Sunny drove an expensive leased BMW and was always wearing designer clothing and makeup. She had a boyfriend, lots of friends, and was very popular on campus. Desperate to make ends meet now that she was out of the military, Gina took a job as a blackjack dealer at the Barona Resort and Casino in Lakeside, California. Unlike many casinos, Barona allowed off-duty employees to play at the tables. So one night, while waiting for her co-workers to clock out and grab a drink, Gina decided to place an innocent bet. One bet became many hands of blackjack, and her tips quickly disappeared. Soon, she hit up an ATM and took out $300, and then that disappeared too. Gina's co-workers, who had met up with her by then, reminded her that they were going out. But Gina, so upset by her losses, was on a tirade. She waited until the bank opened its doors the next morning and withdrew $4,000 from her bank account, all of her savings, and gambled it all away the next day. By 1996, Gina, similarly to her mother, was struggling with a gambling addiction. She began stealing from friends and family, taking out credit cards, and signing bad checks. Soon, she was $40,000 in debt. Unable to cope with her mounting debts, Gina attempted suicide by overdosing on sleeping pills and alcohol. Not long after that, Gina's uncle, the one who had taken her and Sonny in when they were adolescents, realized that his niece had stolen $10,000 from him, so he contacted the police and Gina was arrested shortly thereafter. The 22-year-old was sentenced to 10 days in jail and three years probation and ordered to pay restitution. After she served her time, the dazed, depressed Gina Han had nowhere to turn, so she went to the only place she could, her best friend, her rock, her sister Sonny. Sunny immediately told Gina to move in with her in a quiet neighborhood in Placentia, California. Of course, they could get close again. They could rely on each other. Gina agreed, and the twins were together again. Let's take a break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, hello, how are you? Is the check-in? Here we are, yet again. Back again, one more check-in. Just one more ride. Just one more, and then... Then we retire. Until next week. <laughs> then there's another check-in, yeah, and yeah. it never ends. We're back. We want to say hello to anyone who's listening, anyone who supports the show, spreads the good word. Back. Tell a friend. 
Tell they, they tell two friends, and then they tell two friends, and then they're on your downline. That's good, yeah, and yeah. And it's up our upline. They spend hundreds of dollars. You'll get a cut of that, of course. Yes. You'll get a $300,000 check. You get, get the, the knives. You get the yeah. leggings. <laughs> That's right. You get the candle set. The essential, the essential oils. oils. <laughs> the weight loss drinks. Whatever you want, baby. It's you, yours. You get it. Yeah. I'll take all those things. I can use all of those things. I, I think, think you could too. Yeah. I mean, why not? I need a, like a scissors that can cut through a penny. Yeah. I need leggings with a dick on it. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Remember one thing, that? Yeah, that was so near Wild. the front. It was yeah. supposed to be the Eiffel Tower, but yeah. didn't look like it. No. Nope. Mm. Now i got to get into a pair of leggings. I'm in them already. That's a lie. We got to say what up to the mayors. Gaffer. <laughs> Dara Rosenzweig. Whoa. Best boy. <laughs> Ashley Matson. Hello. Yeah, why not? Wow. Flipped. Craft Services. <laughs> James Harrington. Hello. Key Grip. David Bull. Hello. And Foley artist, Kat Joselle. Hello. And if you're wondering what are those roles in a television show or motion picture? Only the most essential roles I've ever heard of. I think I know, but I don't even know if I know. Who even cares? That's what your jobs are. That's who you are mm-hmm. to us. And they're all great jobs. You figure it out. It's a union. And the director. <laughs> not assistant, not second AD, oh, not no. first AD. Director, director, acclaimed, celebrated, auteur, conflict-free director. That's right. Watch her without guilt. Avian Avian Noble. Noble. So if you want no ads, no chit-chat, just the good stuff, early access, bonus episodes, should have a documentary episode up that we're going to be doing that should be up by the time you're listening to this. Patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Got a little message from, I think he was Craft Services, James Harrington. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the Craft Services. If I got that yeah, wrong. I love I, that fruit roll up you gave me. He commented on our Patreon mm-hmm. on the episode Boys on the Tracks. Oh, yeah. And he what you can do, you know, you can message us. You can leave comments. You can it's leave all hearts. Yeah. I'm sure we can put some more stuff in that might create some conversation. But mm-hmm. if you ever got thoughts on, on something, yeah. this is the place to do it. If I'm wrong, please let me know. Or just live your life like a normal human. No, no. James says, I heard this story before, and I'm still wondering if it'll ever be solved. That's like a question. And that's what makes these stories tellable, I think. And the further you get away from 1987, obviously, the harder it's going to be. But I still feel like that's pretty... I mean, we're still 30 years or so, 30 plus years away. Not too Mm -hmm. far. Not too far for someone to... To, to kind of come forward or somebody somebody knows comes forward. Yeah. Oh. We're going to get back to one that we're going to solve t- tonight. But by solve, I mean discuss. So now Gina and Sunny Han, both 22, are rooming together outside of Irvine, California. Gina is coming off of jail time for debts created from her gambling addiction, and Sunny is perceived to be in college. But not all was what it seemed. After starting at the University of Laverne, Sunny had a major culture shock. The students there had wealthy parents, drove nice cars, and were seemingly perfect. Sunny had trouble keeping up and felt immense pressure to fit in. Sunny did have an advantage over Gina. She was much better at hiding her secrets. Soon enough, though, Sunny's preppy college friends began to suspect something was up, and they were right. While Sunny blamed her stress and exhaustion on boyfriend trouble, the reality was that Sunny got a night job as an exotic dancer in nearby Pomona. With long nights and a full course load, the former Valley Victorian's grades started slipping, and eventually she lost her scholarship entirely. She left the University of Laverne to go to a community college 30 miles south, but eventually she dropped out of there, too. 
Sonny and Gina, now roommates in their 20s, were at a professional, personal, and emotional crossroads. As soon as the two started living together, it was bad. They argued constantly about the dishes, making food incorrectly. Pretty much anything was fodder for Sonny kicking Gina out. But then the two would reconcile and the whole thing would happen all over again. In May of 1996, after a bad fight, the police were called to Sonny's apartment. When they arrived, Gina fully expected to be arrested on sight. But to her utter surprise, they took Sonny instead. Sonny, still perceived to be the better twin, had a warrant out for her arrest. Three years earlier, Sonny had stolen a friend's credit card and spent $1,300 on high-end lingerie, designer jeans, shoes, and sunglasses. When questioned, she told authorities, quote, I didn't think my friend would mind. She was rich. Sonny didn't wait to get home before the two fought again. Sonny actually called Gina from jail, threatening to kick her out. Gina, panicked with nowhere to go, did something desperate. With Sonny locked up, Gina took her sister's wallet, ID, credit card, and the keys to her BMW. Driving her BMW and taking her identity almost made her feel like Sonny. Gina went to the bank and withdrew cash from Sonny's bank account and went on a bender. She went to her ex's house in San Diego to crash with him for a couple of days, stole checks from her current boyfriend, and made calls with Sonny's calling cards. Sonny was soon released, fined, and placed in probation and immediately pressed charges against her sister for fraud. The judge ended up sentencing Gina to jail with a five-hour work furlough. The whole thing was, in my opinion, absolutely fucked. In jail, Gina's inmates got used to Gina's obsession with revenge against her oppressive sister. As she sat in prison, Gina began to think what life might be like if her sister disappeared, if she was even killed. And wait, it gets even more fucked. During one of Gina's work furloughs, she fled. She just left. She went to El Cajon, where two of her friends named Nikki and Rita ran a crash pad for friends and friends of friends who were on the down and out. Her second day on the run, Gina made a call to her sister. It did not go well. How did you find my number, Sonny demanded to know. She continued, quote, I threw out all of your stuff and I don't care about you anymore. Don't ever call me again. A 16-year-old named Archie Bryant would also live on and off at Nikki and Rita's crash pad. Archie, like a lot of the kids who hung out there, needed a safe space away from his criminal father and later stepfather, who were drug dealers. In spite of that, Archie stayed in school where he met his best friend, 15-year-old Jonathan Yoshi Sayarath. At Nikki and Rita's place, Gina was introduced to Archie, and he was somewhat charmed by the beautiful woman, six years his senior. Still, he knew she was probably bad news. Quote, she talked with a Valley Girl accent and seemed a little crazy, he told journalist Jana Meisenholder, who provided a ton of incredible information for this episode. Archie and Gina soon became best friends. At one point, Archie showed Gina a scar on his foot where he accidentally shot himself, and Gina latched on. Archie had access to guns, she surmised, and she chipped away at him on that front. Gina wanted him to get her a gun, and eventually he agreed. Archie charged Gina $60 for a two-shot Derringer his cousin was selling, 50 for his cousin, and a $10 finder's fee for himself. Soon after that, Archie and Yoshi were running late to school and asked Gina for a ride. She offered an alternative. they take the hour-long drive with her to swing by her sister's place to pick up some of her things. Archie had never left San Diego before, except for a field trip in eighth grade to Disneyland. The two hesitated, but when Gina offered them $100 to make the trip, the answer was a resounding yes. 
Once in Irvine, the three went to a Ralph's grocery store and bought duct tape, twine, gloves, and a single potato. Along the way, Gina told the boys that Irvine was very dangerous, full of gangs, and they needed to be prepared. The boys, not knowing any better, went with it. They then stopped by the San Joaquin Marsh, where Archie affixed the potato to the gun purchased from his cousin and shot a sound to test his makeshift silencer. When asked later why he fired the gun with the potato attached, Archie replied, quote, Name one teenage boy who wouldn't use that opportunity to fire a gun. There was no deep-seated conspiracy. I was just a kid being a kid, taking advantage of the moment. Then, on to Sonny's place. Gina went to the leasing office pretending to be her sister, and she said she needed an extra key. But that didn't work. They did not believe her, so she realized she had to work a little bit harder. Gina told Archie and Yoshi that they would only get the $100 if they went inside to get her things. She also reminded them that anyone could be inside. It was an extremely high-crime area, so she told them to take the gun. At this point, Archie was asking too many questions, but Gina countered, saying, Okay, then what if you just kill her? Have you ever killed anyone? When both Yoshi and Archie refused to kill Sonny, Gina snapped. She hit the steering wheel over and over in a kind of unhinged mini-tantrum. Quickly, Archie took the gun out of the glove box. Gina, taking that as a sign of agreement, cheered maniacally. But Archie had a different plan. He was scared. Not only for himself, but his best friend Yoshi. So he decided the best thing to do would be to go along with Gina's plan, out of fear for both Gina and Sonny, whom they realized was also probably someone to fear. If they just leaned into Gina's original plan, maybe this would all go away. Archie turned his head back towards Gina, saying, quote, You get your stuff. I get my money. Nobody gets hurt. So that's what they would do. To get in, Archie and Yoshi bought a bunch of women's magazines. They'd pretend to pose as magazine salespeople. When Sonny opened the door, they'd barge in, threaten her with a gun a little bit, tie her up, scare her, grab Gina's things, and get out of there. They attempted plan A, but Sonny's roommate, 19-year-old Helen Kim, opened the door. The boys went back to Gina in the car, regrouped, went back to Sonny's door, and tried again. But nobody answered. Hungry, the three went out to lunch and afterward headed back to Sonny's apartment. Helen, who was in the middle of a Nintendo game, heard the boys knock again at the door. She answered, declined their offer for magazines, but before she could shut the door, the boys barged in. Archie held the gun while Yoshi tied Helen's hands up with plastic twine and then placed a strip of duct tape over her mouth. Sonny was hopping out of the shower when she heard the boys barge in. Dialing 911 on her cell phone, she told dispatch to please hurry. Then she heard one of them yell at Helen, asking, Where's your roommate? Yoshi watched Helen while Archie looked around for Sunny, finding her in the bathroom and placing a gun against her head. He asked if she'd called the police, and she lied and said no. Archie started tying Sunny up, attempting to cover her whole head with duct tape. She pleaded with him to leave her nose unwrapped so she could breathe, and got her hands loose from the twine. While Archie was looking away, Sunny made a sprint for the door. But they caught her and rebound the petrified woman. There are two kinds of schools of thought for Archie and Yoshi and their whole involvement in this. That they were trying to get out of the situation that they were in, or that Gina had somehow convinced them to be accomplices. It's kind of a thin line. They were young, they were pretty used to a life of crime, but again, fairly naive and, looking back, have a lot of regrets and press that they've done. The two were certainly up for scaring and threatening Sonny and Helen, whom they had moved to the bathtub. In the other room, Archie started rummaging through their belongings in search of Gina's things. Gina was getting the update from Yoshi outside when the cops came to the complex. 
a police officer walked up to her asking who she was. She said, Sonny. Back inside, Archie took it upon himself to steal some things, including a pager and $60 in cash. When he heard police approaching, he panicked and untied the women, begging them to say it had all been a joke. He ran to the door, saw the cops, and ran down an opposite exit in the apartment. Soon, though, he was tackled and arrested. Gina, on the other hand, was told to leave the scene, so she and Yoshi just drove away. Quote, I saw my sister coming out of the apartment, Gina recalled, quote, trying to take the tape off her hair. I had a lot of mixed emotions going through me at the time, a lot of conflicting emotions. But I have to assume that any guilt she felt began to rapidly diminish as the pair now barreled south towards the Mexican border. Less than an hour after the police arrested Archie, Gina used Sonny's driver's license as ID to withdraw $5,000 from a bank in Laguna Beach and complete a credit card application to lease a Nissan 300ZX sports car. But Gina was arrested when she returned the rental vehicle she took to her sister's back in San Diego. All during her arrest, she insisted she was Sonny, her sister. But nobody bought it, and after a quick search of the car, authorities uncovered a bullet casing matching the caliber used in the break-in. It had dropped onto the floor mat when Archie had taken the practice shot with a potato silencer. Gina was tried for conspiracy to commit murder, two counts of burglary, possession of a firearm, and two counts of false imprisonment. On May 8, 1998, she was sentenced to 26 years in state prison. Archie and Yoshi were tried as co-conspirators. The case was compelling, strange, sensational, and press leaned hard into the evil twin narrative, with Gina fulfilling the role as the jealous, violent, and psychotic twin, while Sonny played the squeaky-clean, high-achieving twin. Obviously, the reality was much darker and more complicated, but not for Irvine's Korean community, who really backed Gina during her trial. Hundreds of letters of support begged for leniency for Gina. Co-O of the Korean-American Federation of Orange County insisted that, quote, fighting with siblings is part of Korean culture. Showing just how tumultuous the relationship was, Sunny herself tried to support Gina during her trial. She always spoke highly of her in the press, corresponded with her sister, and was extremely conflicted about testifying against her. In fact, days before Sunny was supposed to testify against Gina, she took 35 sleeping pills with a beer, which she knew she was allergic to. Paramedics rushed the 23-year-old to a nearby hospital and revived her. Not long after that, Sunny, who was working as a sex worker, would be arrested herself. Gina would be found guilty. Three days after her verdict was announced, she would attempt suicide for a second time, using hoarded Tylenol pills she collected from the prison commissary. She survived and started doing interviews insisting she had no idea what Archie and Yoshi were doing in her sister's apartment. Over the years, however, she began to tell her story. She would eventually admit that she felt badly betrayed by Sonny, and with her growing rage, she says she wanted her sister dead. Archie Bryant declined to take a deal based on principle and served 14 years for first-degree burglary and two counts of false imprisonment in state prison before being released on parole in 2011. He's now married and working as a warehouse manager in San Diego. Yoshi signed a confession and only served four years. In 2017, the parole board read out a letter from Sonny supporting Gina's release. Gina had thrived in prison, attaining an associate's degree from Feather River College and graduating with a degree in social and behavioral sciences. In 2019, Jean Gina Han, who was then 44, was released. Where Sonny was now estranged with her mother, Gina had kept in touch. Where Sonny didn't finish her education, Gina eventually did. 
there was a complete reversal in their mother's eyes. Now, Gina was the golden child and Sonny the disappointment. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.